Thanks for joining us for this inspirational teaching by Pastor Jeffrey Smith, Senior Pastor of City of Life Church. For more information on City of Life, visit www.col.tv. Let's join the service already in progress. And today, uh, I'm going to continue what we started last week, and I'm going I'm to start by reading 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 8 through 15. So follow along with me. The words are on the screen. Here's the concept of, of today's text. So it says, this is talking about people that do things for God's kingdom. Okay, people that do things for God's kingdom. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded. Someone say rewarded. So we're talking about Christians. Raise your hand if you're a Christian in this room. Raise your hand if you know Jesus. This applies to you. Different types of responsibilities and callings for different people. It says some, some people plant for the kingdom. Some people water for the kingdom. Okay, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. So different types of rewards for different types of service and different types of works that we do for God's kingdom. That's being established right here. It says for we're co-workers in God's service, you are God's field. You are a field. So, so what does a field do? It produces crops. It gives another analogy now. It says you're also a building. So your life, every day of your life, what it's teaching us is that you have a foundation, and Paul's going to talk about this in a minute, that Jesus Christ is the foundation. If you're a Christian, the old foundation has been torn up that you had before you knew Jesus, and you build on a brand new, unshakable, unchangeable foundation, which is Jesus Christ. But your life, every day, every decision you make, every choice you make, every relationship you enter into, every thought that runs through your head, is you choosing the materials and the quality of the building that you build on the foundation that is Jesus Christ. Put your hand on your heart and say, I'm a building. Now, husbands, don't put your hand on your wife's shoulder and say, she's a brick. No, 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 no. You're missing the point of this scripture if you're calling your wife a brick house. You're like, but a brick house is a building. Can you just slow down for a second, all right? Just listen. You're a building spiritually building on the foundation, which is Jesus Christ. Paul says in verse 10, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder and someone else is building on it, but each one of you should build with care. What he's saying, I'm an evangelist. I've led a lot of people to Christ. I have preached Jesus and God tore up the old foundations of their life and every person that gets saved has a brand new foundation. He says, as a matter of fact, no one can lay any foundation other than the one that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So what that's saying is you can't lose your salvation which you, when you come to Jesus. You're building your life on Christ, period. But what you choose to build on Christ, the fact that you're building on Christ has everything to do with Christ. Does that make sense to everyone? But, the, but what you choose to build on the foundation of Christ has everything to do with you. It has everything to do with the, the materials that you choose to build on that foundation. What kind of house, what kind of building do you want to live in 
forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. That's your choice. Because look what he says. If anyone builds on this foundation with gold, what is gold? What if it's forgiveness? What if it's prayer? What if it's reading my Bible? What if gold is lifting up your hands before you walking into a meeting and go, Father, I'm nothing, I have nothing, you're everything. Holy Spirit, lead me into this room with favor on my life. Let me have a good attitude. What if gold is someone that is yelling and screaming at you in your face and in your spirit you go, Father, give me peace. Let me handle this with maturity. God, let me handle this as, as a man of God. Let me handle this with character. Don't let me react in my flesh. Let me be who you've called me to be. What if silver, maybe it's not quite gold, but what if silver or precious stones, maybe, maybe you're not choosing that material. Maybe you're just going, God, don't let me slap him in Jesus' name. Maybe that's precious stones. <laughs> it's not quite gold. But it's precious stones. I don't think anybody would have a problem living in a house that's made out of emeralds. May not be gold. It may not be silver, but it's precious stones. But he goes on to say if you build using gold, silver, costly stones, then he gets into wood, hay, or straw. When's the last time that a wife looked at her husband and said, baby, I want to build a straw house. When are you going to build it for me? I mean, nobody says that. Ain't nobody want to live in no straw house. Especially if you live in Florida and you got to go through hurricanes every once in a while. When's the last time you went to a straw storm shelter? Never. They don't exist because it's ridiculous. But it says, if anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, and straw, oh boy, here we go. Their work will be shown for what it is. Your work of your life, you choosing the materials of your life, will be shown for what it is. Why? Because the day, what day? It's a capital D in my version. The day of judgment. The day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire. You're like, oh, when I go to hell, no, the, this, this is for Christians. This, this is for Christians. This is the fire of God's holiness. We'll reveal your work, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. So just really before we get to this last part, which it, where it talks about the fire burning up our building, and we get what's left. That's really important to know. That's what it says. It says the fire is going to test the quality of the building that we built on the foundation of Christ. As long as we're on the foundation of Christ, we'll go to heaven. But I want to, I want you to see what that works like. Look, looks like. You wake up in the morning. You're like, okay, I got to go to work today. Got this one guy that's been antagonizing me. And I'm telling you, I said yesterday, if he does it one more time. I'm just going to get in his face. So today, if he does it one more time, I'm going to get in his face. I'm going to say, let me tell you something. You're not my boss. And let me tell you something. You don't talk to me that way. And let me, you already determined, and, and you know the way it looks and the way it's going to play out. So what happens is you're going, you've got materials all over the place for how you want to build your living room of your eternal house. And you are choosing. You're going, let's see. Do I want my living room built of gold? Nah, nah. 
Let me see. Do I want my living room built of silver? Nah, silver. No. Do I want it built of diamonds? I don't like diamonds. Wood? Nah, it's too strong. Uh, hay? Nah, you know, horses eat hay. Ah, uh, here we go. Stubble. Dust. This is perfect for my eternal living room. This is perfect material. So let me just spend the whole day just building my life with dust. And it says, if what he has built survives, your house is going to be tried by fire. Your building is going to be tried by the fire of Jesus, his presence someday. In the ultimate (laughs) transparent moment in heaven, where your whole life is looked at, your thoughts are looked at by God, your, the house that you have built. And it says, if it is burned up, the builder will, will suffer loss. This is talking about Christians. What will the loss be? The loss will be, my God, I lived 75 years on the planet. Most of the time, all I was trying to do is be happy and just build houses for myself and make more money to just take 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 rarely did I forgive rarely did I show kindness God I thought I'd be living in a skyscraper I mean the only thing that was good was like that one time I prayed for my friend like that's the only thing that that remained it's like this little tiny I can't even hardly live in that what it, that's the, what the loss is is the moment it's a singular moment of revelation before you enter into heaven where you have to look at your life and go there's just nothing there there's really not an eternal reward in terms of a reward that I'm going to get you say well you know, I mean I agree Jesus said in I believe it's Genesis 15 where he said I am your great and exceeding reward Jesus is our reward himself heaven is going to be unimaginably fantastic because there will be a continual unfolding revelation of the goodness of God every time we open our eyes and see God. We're going to have a new revelation of how beautiful and how wonderful he is. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about rewards because we have biblical proof that there are going to be differences in the way we experience heaven based on the lives we've lived, the dash. The moment of loss, we'll be looking at it and go, whoa, nothing there but at least I get to enjoy Jesus and you step into eternity but for some people it's going to look a lot different today I want to talk about the dash redemption rewards and responsibility father thank you for your goodness and your presence bless every person here help me to preach today in a way that inspires hearts to love your word more and to know the person that is Jesus Uh, and we pray for just the anointing today to be here in this place in Jesus name what is, the, what is the dash? The dash is the amount of time in between your first day on earth. You could call that your, your first birthday. The dash is the amount of time, the space between your first day on earth and your first day in eternity. So we all have a lifespan, whatever that time period is. The dash that is in between is the amount of time, the space between your first day on earth and your first day in eternity. There will come a moment where every person in this room, every person that will ever live, every person that has ever lived has already stepped into this moment that is now dead and not here on this planet. 
There comes a time where every person that has ever lived will face a moment where they step out of this life and they step into eternity. What they just stepped out of is called the dash. That is that space of time that determines and postures us eternally for what our eternity is going to look like. Last week we talked about the fact that the Bible says, I will satisfy him and, and show him my salvation with long life. I will satisfy him because he has set his love upon me. I will deliver him. I will set him on high. That long life on this planet, a long period of time, we can extend our life by living a righteous life if we love God. We also saw in Proverbs 10, 27, it says, The fear of the Lord adds length to the life. To life. Not, not, a, not being scared of him, but honoring him and respecting him can add years to your life. And it says, but the years of the wicked are cut short. So we can actually affect the length of our life by poor decisions to not serve the Lord or great decisions to live a righteous life and elongate the period of time of that dash. So we can cut it short or we can make, make it bigger. You can have everything on earth. We talked about this last week. Live the longest life imaginable, have wealth, have the riches of this world, power, fame. But you can be a nobody in heaven. So you, you can be an absolute nobody. Or you can live a life on earth with not much going on and by natural standards. But loving God, serving God, doing great things for God. And the last step you take out of this life into eternity, when you get to heaven, you'll be famous in heaven. You can have everything on earth and be a nobody or you can have nobody in heaven or you can have nothing in life and be famous in heaven. So I want to encourage you today to live the kind of life that God has called you to live on earth. So that's what the dash means. Now, for our message today, I think it's important, as we stated in our you know, opening text, this idea of eternal rewards. I want to focus for a second on the fact that Jesus is that foundation. And the, the reason I want to focus on it is I think that we live in such a competitive world. I grew up in a very religious atmosphere in the denomination that we were in. My parents were born into a denomination that their parents were in and, and their parents were in. So it's sort of like we all grew up in this world of just the way things were were so set in its ways. Maybe some of you, if you grew up Catholic or you grew up with you know Baptist or a specific denomination, it's like you don't even know how you got there or how far back it goes. It's just like that's what your family did for so many years. That's kind of how it was with us. And in our particular denomination, it was so competitive. Like you could see, it's almost like you had holiness badges on your shirt. You know what I mean? It's like, ooh, she's a level three. Stay away from her. It's like, you know, it's, it's like, it's like you, people had no problem flaunting all the great things that they did for God. And it was like they're almost like different classes of righteousness within the church. Like you could tell how holy someone was by how they dressed or how they wore their hair and how, you know, just the way they presented themselves or the way they talked. Hallelujah. You could tell if he's holy because he talks. And I was at the grocery store yesterday. I praise the Lord. And I, it's like. You know, these are the same type of people that one time I, you know, I was just trying to make a conversation with the guy. I was like, I said, what's your favorite, you know, I'm just trying to get to know the guy. I'm like, what's your favorite football team? He goes, Jesus. I was like, ha, ha, ha. That's good. I, said, I like that. I was like, no, I'm serious. I was like, what's your favorite? He's like, Jesus. I was like, oh, God, he's serious. 
So it's like, it's sort of a different, it's like a different, um, just a different kind of mindset that, that really focuses a lot on what we do. And that's why the scripture I'm about to read just blows that up. It just blows that. I mean, it obliterates the idea that this is about you. And, and I think it's really important uh, for us to get this in our heart, write it down, read it, memorize it, study it. Ephesians 2.8 says, it's by grace that you have been saved. Can I get an amen from somebody in the room? It does not say it's by your own good actions that you've been saved. It says it's by grace that you've been saved through faith. So faith led you to grace. And it's not from yourselves. This faith that you had that was by faith through grace, it was not from yourself. You did not conjure this faith. The faith did not originate in you. The faith was deposited into you by the person of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says no man can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So it means you can't know that you needed God unless God lets you know that you need him. It's not possible. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It says he loved us when we were dead I said dead in our sins. When's the last time a dead person made any decision? Never, because they can't. You can't know that you need God if you are dead in your sins unless God deposits something in you that causes you to realize, I need Jesus. I need to reach back for the God that is already reaching out for me. It's not from yourself. Look at someone next to you and say, I love you, but get over yourself. <laughs> it is not about you. You're like, oh, well, I remember the day that I chose Jesus. <laughs> chose Jesus. You're like, oh, my God, did Pastor Jeff just do the double air quotes twice? Yes, and it's not even grammatic. It's like eight, eight air quotes in the air. I realize that this is not grammatically correct, but I'm doing it because you may remember the day you chose Jesus, but what you don't remember is the day that Jesus chose you because the Bible says that he loved you when you were dead in your sins. You may remember the day that you reached back for the God that was already reaching out for you. But it is by grace that you have been saved. Through faith, it is a gift of God, not by works. Why is it not by works? So no man can boast. Nobody's allowed to brag. Because you didn't do jack squat. That's what it means. You didn't do anything to brag about. You're not allowed to stick your chest out and go... I remember the day I chose Jesus. No, you're not allowed because he chose you. That's the whole point. So this is a problem for many people. Why? Because we want to remember the day that we chose Jesus. Why? We want to take credit for something that we did not do. Because if we chose Jesus and we earned salvation, I got news for you. If you earned salvation, it's something that you got for yourself, you can lose it. But if he gave it to you as a gift, it's something that cannot be taken away from you. 
it is what Paul called a foundation. And he said, no man can lay a different foundation than the one that is laid, which is Jesus. You say, well, what are you trying to imply here? Are you trying to imply that salvation has more to do with God than me? You're listening. You're listening. Good. It's amazing. For we are God's handiwork. Created, <laughs> created in Christ Jesus. Woo, this is so good. Created in Christ. Sorry, the, the nerdy part of me is coming out right now. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Why would you get excited about that, Pastor Jeff? Because we mess it up so bad when we make it about us that we look at this tiny life that we live and we're like, I remember the day that things were bad. I remember the day that I was called in the chains of sin. Then one day I decided I ain't going to smoke no more. I ain't going to drink no more. I ain't going to party no more. I ain't going to watch Game of Thrones no more. What I'm going to do right now is I'm going to go to that little church that's down the street. I'm going to see what that preacher has to say. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure out if it's for me or not. And I sat there and he preached and, good, and I said, Jesus, come down here and say. See, this is like our narrative. This is like our narrative. And it's ridiculous. Because what this actually says is we're God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So what this means is that he prepared us to do good works because of the fact that he saved us before we were alive. What does that mean? It means that our good works are not things that led us to Christ. Our good works don't lead us to Christ. You don't quit watching Game of Thrones and then go, now I found you, Jesus. It led me to you. Absolutely not. What this scripture is teaching us is that good works are not the means by which we are saved, but good works are a result of the fact that we have been saved. That we have been saved, we only do... Whoo, Good works means that we are saved. God's already done the work in me. I can't love somebody unless God loved me first. I can't forgive unless God forgave me first. I can't have peace in my heart unless Jesus is the Prince of Peace already. I can't do good works unless he has already done them first. Our good works are a result and evidence of our salvation. They are not things that lead us to salvation. If you have a works-based belief system about the Bible, please read it again. Because it's going to set you up to fail in every area of your life. It's going to set you up to believe that you are so much better than someone that you're sitting next to. It's going to set you up to believe that you're so much better than many people that you'll meet on a regular basis. What we've got to know right now is that no matter what we have done, good or bad, we are all in the same boat. We're a bunch of sinners. Now, I am going to say that I've been saved by grace, but I want to take a long pause right there until everyone claps. Because, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me say it again. Let me say it again because I want, it, I want you to feel what it feels like to clap at that. Because Paul referred to sinners and he said, of sinners, of among who I'm the chief. Yeah. 
He did not say, I used to be the chief until God knocked me off my horse. He did not say, I used to be the chief until he put scales over my eyes. And then I fell off. And then all of a sudden I had this revelation. Now I'm perfect. No, he said it in the present tense. Of whom among I am the chief. What I'm trying to tell you is if we don't get this revelation that we did not earn salvation, that it is by grace, through faith, it is a gift of God that is given to us, and we got to be humbled by that gift. We have to realize that we are sinners. That have been saved by grace. So we're not bound by the chains of sin any longer. Sin has no power over us any longer. But we are sinners that have been saved by the gift of grace that Christ gave us. We were dead. Dead people can't choose anything. But he chose us while we were dead in our sins. Gave us that gift. And that is what redemption is all about. This message is called Redemptions, Redemption, Rewards, and Responsibilities. So to illustrate this idea, before I close, I will tell you the story in Matthew chapter 20 about a landowner that went out and hired some people to work for his vineyard. It's a great story. I'll, I'll, I'll summarize it. I hope you go read it yourself. Please write it down, Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 20. It's fantastic. It's a great illustration of what we're talking about right now. Because what happens in the story is you got a guy who owns a vineyard. He needs some people to work for him. He's going out to hire people that are waiting around at this particular place in town where guys that need work wait. They wait till someone comes and hires them. So he goes at 9 o'clock. He says, hey, I need some guys that will work for me for the whole day. I'm going to pay you fairly. Who's down? And he gets this whole group of guys. They're like, us, us. He's like, come on, let's go. Start working in the vineyard. Now at 12, he goes back and he goes, I want to find some more guys. So he hires the next batch of guys. Will you work for me till the end of the day, till 6 o'clock? They're like, sure. He's like, I'll pay you fairly. They're like, okay, let's go. Takes them. He goes back at 3 o'clock and gets another batch of guys. You guys looking for work? If you are, come work for me to the end of the day. I'll pay you fairly. Sounds great. Now he goes back at the last minute, 5 o'clock, only an hour left in the work day. He says, who wants a job? I'll pay you fairly. Come work for me. They're like, yeah, we'll take it. We'll go. So they go and they work. Now the day is over. You have some guys that have been working since 9 a.m., and the work day is over at 6. Been working all day. What does he do? He tells his foreman, he goes, here's what I want you to do. I want you to start paying these guys, but I want you to pay them starting with the people that worked last. And just for the sake of this analogy here today, Let's say he, he says to them, pay the guys that, that, that came in to work at 5 p.m. and only work for an hour, give them 500 bucks. And, and, and so the guys come up, the guy pays them, here's $500, like $500 for an hour? And, and, and the guys that have worked since 9 o'clock, they're like, ooh, this joker paying $500 an hour, boy, multiply that times nine hours, ooh, it's gonna be a good weekend. I mean, they're excited, they're excited. So, so group number two, they pay the first guys, they go away. So group number two, they've been working for three hours. Since, since three o'clock in the afternoon, they come up, but what do they get? $500. He pays them $500. Now he gets a third group, the guys that have been working since 12, since noon. They've been working a bunch of hours, six hours. And now all of a sudden they come up and he pays them. What does he give them? 
Not a bad day's wage, to be honest with you. That's pretty, that's pretty strong. They were, I mean, they, they might have been a little disappointed when they realized it wasn't per hour, but they're still going, okay, well, that's, that's a lot of money. Now here comes the last group. The ones that have been working again since 9 o'clock, they should have been happy to get a great day's wage in general. But what do they do? They get angry when they see that their payment is the same exact payment as the group that has only been working for one hour. So they call the guy out. They said, why would you give us the same money as you gave the person who came in at the last minute? They said, we have done the majority of the work. We did it in the hot sun hours. They got to come in at the very last minute. And the owner, do you know what he said to them? He goes, oh, what, are you jealous that I'm generous? He said, you're mad because I'm generous? Can't I do whatever I want to do with my own money? You're jealous of the other people because I have a generous heart? He's like, I'll do whatever I like to do. And he ends the story. He says, don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I'm generous? Then he ends it, and Jesus says this. Jesus is the one that's telling the story. He says, so the last will be first, and the first will be last. What does that mean? I just talked about the fact that salvation, redemption, is a gift that is given to us. There may be people in this room who have served God for 70 years. There probably are people in this room who have served God for 70 years. Do you know what I'm trying to say by repeating this scripture? I'm trying to tell you that you might be in this room and you're not serving Jesus right now at all. You've rejected Christ for your whole life. But what am I trying to tell you? That redemption... When, when, when you reach back for heaven and God has already saved you in the eternity's past before you were ever born, when you find your purpose in life and you recognize that moment that by the power of the Holy Spirit you say Jesus is Lord and you confess Jesus is Lord, you get the same Jesus in, 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 in one second that the person gets that has been serving him for 70 years. Now, that's exciting for the person who just accepted Jesus because he's going, I get the same Jesus that that dude had for 70 years. And, but, but the dude for, seven, for 70 years is sitting there going, but wait a minute. I've been to 4,900 church services. <laughs> Do you know who this guy is over here that accepted him at the last minute? He's called the thief on the cross. And he just so happens to be a guy that was being executed for, for criminal activity. And never done anything right in his whole life. Except recognize that he can't fix it when he sees this guy named Jesus. And he goes, hey man. He goes like, he's like I, if you could possibly remember me in this this kingdom you're talking about you know if you remember me please go ahead because i deserve this you don't deserve what you're getting i deserve what i'm getting and jesus go he goes this day you'll be with me you'll be with me and i just want you to know buddy you're gonna be with me and you guess who else is gonna be there the guys who have served him served me their whole life the guys who have honored god their whole life you're gonna get the same jesus that they're going to get, because that's the kind of God that I am. So for those of you that are here 
and you can't seem to outdistance yourself from your past, and you feel those shadows that creep up on you of regret and shame and guilt from all that you've done, I got great news for you today. You're that guy that swooped in at 5 o'clock, and you got a Holy Ghost $500 check waiting for you in heaven that God is going to give you multiplied, multiplied through eternity, and, and he loves you. And that's not the end of the story, though. I'm trying to set this up for next week because what I just talked about here is that all of us ha- get the same thing in Christ. What is Christ for us? He's our foundation. So that's the starting point. Okay? So the starting point for us is all the same. It's equal. No matter who you are, no matter where you're from, it's equal. But what we build on the foundation is not equal. What we build on the foundation, remember I told you that works don't lead us to salvation. They're a result of salvation. So what we choose to build on that life has everything to do with what eternity is going to look like for those of us that have been saved. So I'm going to ask my man to come up here real quick and... um, Scotty's going to go stand over here in the corner. And um, I want you to think about this concept of the dash. It's your life. It's the amount of time in between your first day on earth and your first day in eternity. So to give you an illustration of what it's like to start on the foundation that is Jesus and to build your life for eternity, next week we're going to get into rewards. The following week, we're going to get into responsibilities. I'm going to show you how powerful this dash is. You've got one dash. Look at someone next to you say, no do-overs. You remember, can I have a do-over from when you used to play in the street with your buddies? Can I have a do-over? No do-overs on this one. It's like that soap opera, one life to live. Okay? So here we go. I'm going to try to show you something right now. So I'm going to take a... I wore my Mr. Rogers sweater so I could take this little piece of lint right here. Ooh, that's small. You can barely see that. So I'm rolling that up into a tiny little ball. And I'm going to hand this to Scott. Oh, I dropped it. Hold on. I want to make sure the analogy is right. the dash that's your life right there that's that represents the difference in between your first day on this planet and your first day in eternity one life to live okay now come here Anthony now Anthony Scott is holding the end of this thing right by and and we're going to put that little piece of lint on the end of that line Now, I want you to look at this this rope right here, this little yarn. And let's say that the difference in between this dash and right here, and this dash, at the end of this dash is when eternity begins for you. Let's say to right here is, is, let's say to right here, a million years. Right here, a million years. The difference between this and this, a million years. I mean, think about 
a hundred years. That's a long time. A thousand years, 10,000 years, a hundred thousand years, 500,000, a million, 200 million, 500 million. Let's go up a billion. We're about a billions right here. Think about that's an incomprehensible amount of time in contrast to this tiny little dash that determines our rewards and our responsibilities in eternity, what we're going to do for God, every decision. Now, I want to just stretch that concept out just a little bit. You got billion right here. That's the scale. Billions. Billion. Now, Anthony, just start walking. I mean, it gets more incomprehensible as he goes. What eternity actually looks like in contrast to that dash. What's back in that dash? The way you treat your family. The way you treat your coworkers. How angry you get and frustrated you get when things are not working out your way. That time you looked over and your sister, her drink was not filled up. And you could have just gone and said, I want to bless my family. I want to go help them. I'm going to go get them a, uh, an extra drink. They, 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 they need some sweet tea. I'm going to go fill up that sweet tea because I want to show the love of Jesus right now. But you sat there and thought, ah, but, but I mean, they really ain't done nothing for me in a long time. Why should I do something for them? I mean, you're the one that chooses the materials. Now, now Anthony, what Anthony's going to do, he just handed it off to my son Jude, and he's going to make a turn. So now keep going, Anthony. You say, where's Anthony going? He's going around the room. And when he gets to the back, I don't know who, but somebody pop back there on the corner and just hold that for him real quick. It, do, it doesn't matter. I just need any volunteer. It could be someone from the audience, whatever. Then he's going to make another turn. What, what are you trying to show me here? I'm trying to tell you that what you do in the dash determines your eternity. It determines the quality of your eternity forever and ever and ever and ever. And you think, you think that helping somebody, you think that I love my city doesn't matter, you think that kindness or forgiveness doesn't matter. This is what you're magnifying every decision by. This is the scale, an infinite scale. What does reading your Bible or prayer mean compared to this big life we live? Your life ain't that big when it's compared to this. What is a moment of worship when I'm down in my spirit? What does that really get me? Oh, man, when you, when you magnify it, when you magnify it times eternity, look at the difference. Look at the loss. When you suffer loss and you choose to build your life with wood, hay, and stubble, and you could have had, you could have had reward. You could have had responsibility. Can I tell you something? I'm going to get more into this in the responsibility message but we're going to reign the Bible says that we will reign with Christ over what? I don't know, I mean I know that the universe is a big place that God created everything in it, every planet in it I don't know what his future plans are for us to do but I do know that he is going to give roles in eternity and once they're assigned you can't move up the ranks we determine that by the way we live our life right now so what I'm trying to tell you is the foundation is Jesus, but you choose the materials. You're choosing it right now. I mean, if you chose it this morning when you walked out of your house and you got in your car, you may have been coming to church, 
but did you flick somebody off on the way to church? You may have, I mean, you may have been the person. I was pulling out of church one day, and somebody started flicking me off. Double fist pump. They had a double. It was a double. I don't know if you ever got a double before, but it was very unsafe. They did not have their hands on 10 and 2. I'll tell you that right now. They're, they're double pumping. I'm going, my gosh, what am I doing? I'm pulling out in the media. And then I look over, and it's somebody that, is, that goes to church here. And they went, Pastor! I'm like, really? Who waves like that? Like, are you trying to turn this into this? It's like, turn your bird into the word. You know, turn your, like, what is, what is that? It's like, the, the, it's like, it, it's not even really a good joke, but I mean, the point, it's bad. It's really bad. It's the closest rhyme I could come up with in the moment. But like, my point is, all that, all of those things that you choose, you may think you've got away with something or no one ever found out. That, that, that's, you know, if you want to view your life like that, you're certainly not thinking like this. Okay, Anthony's finally back to Scotty. You're like, yes, the circle of life is complete. No, actually, in eternity, this line does not stop. So just hand that off. Yep, there, hand that off. There you go. Keep going around and around. And you know what? Anthony's just going to keep walking for the rest of my message. He's not going to stop. Why? Because remember, only that 12, you know, that, that 12, only that foot that I had right there, that, that's, that's a billion years. It's fathomless what eternity looks like. And I got news for you. Some people are going to spend eternity, eternity apart from God. So the dash for some people is the, is the first day on earth, their first day in eternity. If you don't know Jesus Christ, there is a place called hell. It is a biblical place called hell that Jesus talked about more than anybody in the New Testament. He spoke about it very openly. And actually, there's an interesting theological idea. Sometimes people will try to trap you and say, well, if God is omnipresent, if he's everywhere at once, is he in hell? That's an interesting idea. And they think that that's going to just really, you know, make your brain shut down or something if they ask that. But the truth of the matter is that in a way, God really is in hell. In that, part of God is, God is love. God is mercy. God is peace. But God's wrath, his anger, and his fire are against anything that is not holy. So the only access to God anyone will ever have that spends this eternity in hell, unable to redeem. You say, well, I don't want any part of a God like that. You don't really have a lot to do with it. He's got everything to do with it. So his, his, he's angry at those that do not accept his plan of redemption. And, and you know, I mean, I understand we could sit down and talk about this, that it's hard to grasp. It's hard to digest. But my plea to you is today, ask God to open up your heart by the person of the Holy Spirit to know him if that's you. You don't want to spend an eternity apart from God. Because in the same way that I'm trying to use this analogy, that the dash determines your rewards or your responsibilities in heaven, it also determines the degree of punishment and suffering in hell eternally. 
It's not just separation from God. It said every man is going to receive what is due to them according to what they have done, in proportion to what they have done. Man, you better be a Christian. You better know Jesus because your whole entire eternity. And you say, well, why did you do this? Because I hope that in 10 years, you remember Scott in this service standing up there with a lint ball in his left hand. And that represents your life. And I hope that you remember Anthony. Look back at Anthony right now. He's still working his way around the room. And what I hope you remember in 10 years from today is I hope you remember when the concept of eternity comes up. I hope you imagine Anthony still in this room. With a gray, fantastic mustache that you will not shave off in 10 years. But I hope you still see him going around and around with that, that yarn, round and around and around to give you just some concept of how much the dash determines. And I hope every one of your decisions is weighed out in your life in such a way that it reflects eternity. As we get ready to close our service, I wanna tell you that Jesus loves you. He cares so much for you. That scripture I quoted earlier that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. Imagine the love. You know, we have a hard time sometimes doing good things for people that love us. We have a hard time doing the right thing sometimes for people that are kind toward us. But imagine giving everything for people who offered you nothing good in return. That's what Jesus did for us. While we were sinners, he died for us. He loves you so much today. We hope you enjoyed this teaching by Pastor Jeffrey Smith. You can be a part of what God is doing here at City of Life by clicking Give at www.col.tv or by texting a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. Thanks for joining us.